I surprised Matt with Rust concert tickets. Who ended up artist. sliding in your DMs. <laughs> I've made 20000 off of Tesla because of your advice. I don't think it's legal. It's legal. R-O-T-N. Let, Let me present to you. The Rotten Podcast. The Rotten Podcast. How do you want me to say it? Rotten. Ready? Yeah. Are we doing it? We are doing it. We're doing this. I guess so. This has been in the process for over, what, six months. We've had this idea for the Rotten Podcast for so long. And really more than that, it's been two, three years we've been talking about doing a podcast. So Do you remember our first name for the podcast we ever had when we thought about doing this three years ago? I know you had a name that was Girl Boy. <laughs> that was one of the names you had. I mean, but then we settled on Be Humble. Do you remember oh, that? Yeah, yeah, I love that. No, I'd be so mad if we had that now. Why? I don't know. Be humble. Like it feels like so like the opposite of what you would want. Telling people to be humble, but then like yeah, I think that really shows also that things have changed in the past two to three years, because it almost felt acceptable two to three years ago to to say be humble. It felt like a positive message. Yeah. Now culture has shifted to where if you tell someone to be humble, you're coming from a place of like looking down on them exactly you know how like kim kardashian was just like for all the girls out there i need you to get your ass up and work she was trying to explain a positive message but then it backfired on her right because everyone took it out of context or what she thought was her being inspiring was just like her looking down on people who weren't working as hard as she was do you think people should have taken it that way because i have my own thoughts about that but i would love to hear from a woman perspective. Let's, let's be honest. She's done so much for herself. She brought herself up from having a sex tape, which is so difficult to like bypass. And now not only that, she has skims. She's a billionaire. She's studying law. She's becoming a lawyer. She's doing all these incredible things. So she really got her ass up and worked. But her saying that in that way, in that context, just wasn't a good look. I mean, what are your thoughts? I feel like it's a, it's a touchy subject. I guess I'm more on the side of, you know, sometimes people do need to, a wake up call. They need a swift kick in the ass. People probably ask her all the time for help or how do you get here, there and the other? Like, how'd you build what you've built? And at the end of the day, people are always looking, I feel like, for some sort of recipe or success. But once you talk to everyone, you realize the common denominator of everything yeah. is always just getting up in doing it. It was almost like she was coming from a point of like, look, there's it. no, there's like, I'm tired of being asked this question, just work. And yeah. I think that was her message. Like no matter what, just go for it. Yeah. I think it was like, you know how like Nike's like slogan is just, just do it. Maybe that's what she was thinking. But besides talking about Kim Kardashian, I do think we need to introduce ourselves because True. we can go on about Kim Kardashian and the Kardashians, right? But we haven't introduced ourselves properly. For me, I think some of my audience understands who you are, but they don't actually know you because you right. don't really talk. You're kind of a mystery on my vlog channel because you will pop up here and there, but like they don't really know your past. Yeah. I think intentionally, definitely somewhat well, of a person. Well, I mean, I person. think that's a time to get rid of that because our podcast is called Rotten and we'll be talking about taboo subjects, business, our relationship. Um, our fights, our arguments, like we'll be talking about everything that, you know, I personally haven't felt comfortable talking about on my own YouTube. I've gone through a lot of things and you've also gone through a lot of things that people don't know about, but both of us just don't have platforms where we actually genuinely feel comfortable doing that. Cause for me, like my YouTube is a positive space. And for you, you have like this mysterious musician aura about yourself where you haven't shared a lot of things about you. And I think people would be surprised about not only your past, but mine as well. 
Yeah. I mean, I could just start and say I grew up in Northbrook, which is a suburb of Chicago. Went to a really good public school, which I didn't realize how good of an education I got (laughs) until moving outside of where I grew up. Didn't go to college initially. Well, Mm -hmm. I went to community school. Yeah. My goals were always to transfer. I really wanted to move to Colorado. I just loved the nature. I wanted a change of scenery. I felt like at the time, this was 2010, there was so much tech um, innovation happening in Boulder specifically. It's one of the biggest entrepreneurial hubs in the world. Um, So that was something that was always fascinating to me was starting a business And so I moved out to Colorado, went to community school. I was going to transfer to either Boulder or Colorado State. Yeah. But I ended up moving back home and helping my parents open a restaurant in Chicago, Libertyville, called Fines, which was quick serve um, Chicago food. Super bomb. And from there, I really just started working instead of going to school. And I think there is a misconception, especially when I was growing up, that like education in schooling, like you needed to go to school. Yeah. And I think the key difference and now people understand it a little bit more. It's not as much about school as it is educating yourself and learning. Mm -hmm. So as long as you're continuing to learn, it it doesn't really matter if you're not going to school, if as long as you're studying in in developing and progressing. So regardless, I started working on video production stuff with um, my business partner and one of my best friends, Mario, mm-hmm. and uh, started doing jingles and, you know, helping with the edits. Speaking <laughs> of jingles, speaking of jingles, you guys, I need a round of applause for our rotten jingle because that's all fucking Matt. If you guys have no idea, Matt is an incredible independent artist who produces, mixes, masters all his own shit. And he did it for Rotten's Jingle. And I was so looking forward to it because I knew it was going to be amazing. Thank you. Yeah, it's funny sometimes when I get to apply those skill sets for something that isn't just my music, whether Mm -hmm. it be, you know, for the NFT project we're working on, which we'll talk about. And I like, oh, I make sound effects for jingles. And it's so funny because that's really where I started doing my creative work in my entrepreneurial work is starting with making videos and doing the jingles and the sound effects and the amount of time Mario and I spent on the goofiest videos. We were doing free work. We would spend like 40, 80 hours on a video where someone was just paying us $250, you know, and he, and I would make like maybe 50 bucks. And if I remember the first time I ever got paid for music, I think it was like $30 or $50. I literally was like, I want to take this money and invest it back into music. So I bought all these like music books. Granted, I never read any of them. Yeah. But I was like, you know, if I could just make money from music, I'm going to keep investing back into the music. So anyways, from there, um, started doing jingles and getting more involved with production. And then I learned cameras, photography, videography, editing. And we just started doing tons of production work. That led me to moving out here in L.A., One of my best friends, Sammy, she's a private chef and she had a food truck at the time and I was visiting her and uh, her truck was broke down actually for the weekend that I came out to help her and I was pretty broke back then. So I told her like, hey, I can come out to L.A., but I need I need to work, you know, like that's why I was coming out and she felt so bad that I flew out there but wasn't able to make any money. So she's like, I'll show you like a good time, like. You know, my brothers, you could go you could go with like Alec to different recording studio sessions. And so I was like, oh, wow, this is dope. I've never literally been in the studio with anybody making music or in a professional realm with music ever. So I brought my camera. I took photos. I took videos. And I was like, if I'm going to be in the room, let me add value. Let me find a way to like open the door up. So I did that. I built some relationships. And in a matter of literally three days, I was like, I have learned more about music, networking, the music industry in three days than I did, you know, 
in three years in Colorado. Yeah, it's like it's different experiencing it than, you know, like reading a book, right? So I I feel like I've had a very different upbringing than you did because for me, education was everything because I grew up, little backstory for me. So my name is Tiffany. I am a YouTuber. Wait, did I not even say my name? No, you never. (laughs) By the way, I'm new at this. Like me sitting down on camera, I have to be honest, I was definitely nervous like you know, preparing myself for this podcast. So I am new to this, but it's why I'm excited to do it and step out of my you comfort zone. You still have yet to say your name. So my name is Matt Jesus Fine. <laughs> Matt Fine is my name. Okay. Hello, Matt Fine. My name is Tiffany Ma. Hello, Tiffany. Continue. Okay. So for me, I'm Tiffany and I am a super OG YouTuber. I started in 2010 before influencing was even a term, before YouTuber was even a term. And I was actually the news anchor at my high school. And so I wanted to practice speaking in front of a camera. So I started YouTube and it's just kind of taken off from there. But for me, I never thought I could ever do YouTube full time because I wanted to make sure that I educated myself. And for me, that was the only way I saw people making it in the world. I'm a first generation American and my family are immigrants from Vietnam. So they worked so hard. Both of them had like multiple jobs and I grew up pretty damn poor. I grew up in Broderick, California, which is a suburb, which is a small neighborhood in Sacramento. It's like known as one of the worst neighborhoods in actual Sacramento. And I grew up around gangs and I grew up in section eight housing and I grew up behind a trailer park. So I saw a lot of things um, children shouldn't see at five, six, seven years old, I saw drugs, prostitution, all those things. And so for me, like I was always told, educate yourself. When I'm always like talking about who you are in your journey, people are asking about you, you know, who, who's Tiffany, how'd she get started? You know, what's the, what's the journey? It wasn't just a random thing to, for you to become a YouTuber. There's a reason you started picking up the camera. And I think we should start there because it wasn't just like you decided you wanted to be an influencer. Oh, No, hell no. Like, I mean, I originally started it to practice speaking in front of a camera, but I continue to do it because... That's what I always tell people. There's a community on YouTube. And for me, like, I was... I was well known in high school. I wasn't a popular kid, but I knew all the popular kids um, just because I was a news anchor. And also like a lot of the popular kids were like the smart kids at my school. And so I just knew everyone. But at the same time, I felt different than everyone else like I felt I don't know I felt like I was trapped in a bubble in high school where like no one had aspirations to move outside of Sacramento and for me I was like I I'm such an ambitious person at heart that I was like I always know like I'm gonna do something much bigger I didn't know what it was but I just knew it was gonna be bigger well why do you think you were just naturally born ambitious or was there an influence of why you just have this ambition ambitious gene inside of you funny you asked that because um I was actually talking to Cynthia yesterday, and I don't know if you're comfortable saying this. I'm a huge proponent of therapy. I've always been comfortable talking (laughs) about my therapy experiences regardless. No, I think it's powerful. Very powerful. Okay, so we're being a little mysterious about this because both Matt and I are currently going through couples therapy, and we made sure we did this because we are starting a business together, not only this podcast, but our NFT project that we'll also get into, but... Cynthia had actually asked me the same question you're asking me, which is so funny, which is where do you get your ambitious drive from? And genuinely, I get it from seeing how I grew up and knowing I wanted the opposite for myself. And not only that, I grew up 
in an environment where we were pushed to be very entrepreneurial and to be self-driven and independent. All of my entire family is from Vietnam. Um, I'm also Chinese as well, but that's a different story. But my my parents and my grandma grew up in the Vietnam War, and they lived in the South. And if you guys know any history about the Vietnam War, you know that the North actually won over the South. The North wanted communism, and the South did not. And so my grandpa was actually a general in the Southern War. And so once the North started winning, they were ransacking everyone. And so um, they're ransacking everyone living in the South. And unfortunately, my family, who grew up pretty wealthy, actually, in Vietnam with nannies and butlers and all these things, all of a sudden got all of that stuff taken away from them to the point where my grandma, who had seven kids, she couldn't even feed her own kids. Like her milk ran dry and she had nothing else to feed them. But her two youngest kids, who are my aunt and my uncle, were crying so much because they had nothing. So she would stick her finger in sugar, get it wet so they can like suck, suckle on her finger. But during that time, sugar was actually really, really fucking rare and expensive. And so my grandma would walk 12 miles outside of her town, trade random stuff for sugar, for medicine, bring it back to her town, and she became a hustler. Like, everyone knew her as the person who had the sugar, who had the medicine that they needed. And so that was her drive. And that also spilled on to my mom, who started her own business as well. She started her own spa, her own salon. Unfortunately, they did not do well. But I've grown up with entrepreneurs, and so I think that's, one, what's driven me, but also knowing that, like, I didn't want to grow up poor like I did because my family were immigrants. So that's kind of my drive. That is just so wild. I mean, to have that origin in your family of why you're even here, I mean, it shows through everything you do. You are incredibly independent. Even this wall, (laughs) I mean, which we'll get into, but this wall was built by Tiffany by herself. Yeah, it's a solid wall. It's a real wall. Solid fucking wall. Oops, sorry. <laughs> when we got the electrician to hang the sign, yeah. I told him about it and I showed him the pictures. I was like, yeah, my fiance. <laughs> <laughs> we haven't even talked about that yet. Yeah, there's there's a lot to get into. But I was telling him, yeah, she built this wall and he was uh, he was literally in disbelief. He was really? like, this looks like a professional contractor built this wall with the drywall. <sighs> I wish I was. I wish you recorded that. I would have loved <laughs> to hear him say that. <laughs> Um, he was such a nice guy and he did, they all did such an incredible job hanging up the sign because this was not easy to hang up. Ultimately, where I was going with that is I think that, you know, even that story in your, in, in having that ambitious entrepreneurial drive, it really shows in everything you do. And I think something that makes me really excited about having this podcast and sitting down with you mm-hmm. and something we've been talking about over the years was sort of showing that side to the rest of the world because I feel like people maybe they put you in a box or they think that you're a certain type of way based on the content you make. But I feel like there's so much more depth and there's so much more impressive stuff about yourself that you don't share. Yeah. You know, that's always something that I've known from when we first started dating you in yeah. in seeing those things on the side. Like one of my favorite videos ever was like how to start a business in 24 hours. Oh yeah. And you built a website, you built like a Shopify store, like those I took type the photos I and I put everything online within 24 hours yeah and we sold out all of all the clothes I put up online and to me that is so impressive because you often like you know you'll kind of like roll past that and I and I don't think you realize that that's not easy for a lot of people to do yeah. like even for me sometimes like 
I am a little, I can be helpless with, with certain things. I've always admired how much. I don't think much- you're a helpless person at all. So I'm, I'm going to like fight you no, on No, no, I'm definitely not a helpless. you're not. And that's the one definitely thing not. I'm most attracted to you about is that you are very ambitious and driven and a lot of people feel complacent in their lives. And you were the first boyfriend I ever had that wanted bigger things for himself. And it was so attractive to me. And we can go into how we met and everything, but like, that was one thing I was very attracted to you about. Well, I feel like there's so many things to get into because touching on you really quick one more time, even with as far as how ambitious and, and smart you are, is also the business financial savvy side of yourself that I've always learned so much from and been so impressed with that I don't think your followers or your audience really understand how good you are with numbers and business and finance and how well-spoken you are. Yeah. So that's always something for me where I'm like, the world needs to know, like you're the one who got me into Robin hood and like no investing way. my money. I forgot about what do you that. mean? Yeah. You I got into me- Robin hood um, in 2015 when I was a senior in college, but you are right. There is this persona I put out on YouTube because that is still my personality, but I also have this other side of myself that I genuinely just haven't felt comfortable sharing because one, I'm like, what have I shown for myself? Like, am I really a person that people can really look up to when all I talk about is like fashion and beauty, right? So like, it feels weird where I'm mixing fashion, beauty and business, but slowly as I've gotten older, I have been able to do that because you've been pushing me to do that, which thank you for doing that because I genuinely just was never comfortable doing it. And I will say another person I do want to shout out is Graham Stefan for kind of like making videos about me and that pushed (laughs) me to like, you know, also talk about business because I was like, this guy is talking about my business, but he doesn't understand like my mindset. And so people have different mindsets. He's a millionaire who's really frugal, but I'm a person where I grew up with a scarcity mindset and it's so unhealthy to have that mindset, especially if you're running a business, right? Because you're going to be so stingy. And for me, I've, I've come to believe that spending money makes money. You have to invest in yourself just like you did, or you, the first $50 you made, you reinvested in that in your business. And I do want to hear more about your business side as well, because you are an incredible entrepreneur as well, because you are not only an independent artist, you started a production company. And I remember you would make these incredible, fascinating BuzzFeed style food videos. <laughs> and also, yeah. you are the one of the best cooks that makes homemade meals. Like, I love your meals. I prefer your salmon over any other restaurant salmon I've ever tried. Okay, well, this salmon's good. I think you might be giving me a little (laughs) too much credit. You clearly haven't dated a man that can cook. Um, Unfortunately. But thank you. I appreciate it. I I have spent a lot of time in the kitchen cooking. That's why I'm marrying you. Amongst some other things. Mm Mm-hmm. You have some negatives yeah. as well, but so do oh, I. Oh, we're going to get into that. <laughs> not today. Maybe not, not do today. that in the first episode. Yeah. We'll talk um, about our couples therapy in future episodes, which I think would be really interesting. That. Well, you know, like I'm radical accept, like not like what we're talking yeah, yeah, about, yeah. but like the things we're learning. No, I'm definitely open. Yeah. I'm definitely open to it because I've found throughout doing therapy throughout my life and even what we're, you know, learning in therapy and stuff, it it's so powerful that I'm finding myself being able to like give that input to whether it be Andrew or whether it be other Andrew's my brother um you know other people going through relationships you learn so much when you sit down and you have a third party you know hear the issues and unbiasedly look yeah. at things from the outside and give you a perspective and give you stuff to be proactive with cuz i've had therapy 
where maybe it wasn't the most proactive and productive. It was more of like venting, which is also a very beneficial type of therapy, you know? So it's not like there's one size fits all. Um, But I'm definitely someone who likes getting into the nitty gritties, having like homework, being called out on my bullshit, you know, like let's not tiptoe around it. Like if it's hard, let's, let's still get it done and go through it. But anyways, going on a tangent here, I think backing up to the business finance side of yourself and putting me on to Robin Hood and that starting to get me into investing into stocks, into, you know, finance a little bit, Mm -hmm. like thinking about the way that I'm spending my money. That's also what's led to, I think both of our curiosities together within, you know, crypto, within NFTs, like that is such an important part of why we even started what we're working on. This podcast probably wouldn't have came into fruition had we not been so interested in checking our Robin Hoods back in, what was it, 2018? 2019, 2020. Um, And then it really just like took off into this craze where all of a sudden everyone starts downloading Robin Hood and investing in stocks. And, you know, it's been so cool to see the progression I've made 20,000 off of Tesla because of your advice. It literally skyrocketed yeah. like that year. It went crazy. And I just watched, just watching it yeah. go up. And I just never pulled the trigger until they ended up splitting. And then yeah. I kind of like bought back in at a lower price because it made me feel better. Crazy. So thank you. <laughs> I don't even look at my Robin Hood anymore. It's so sad. Like It's all down. But this yeah. is the best time to buy because everything That's what people is down. Say, yeah. I, I don't know who said it. I think maybe it's Warren Buffett. Sell when everyone is greedy. Buy when everyone is frugal. Mm-hmm. Everyone's being frugal right now. So it's by the way, this is buy. not financial advice. Yeah. Do While your- we give you financial <laughs> advice. Right? We're not giving financial advice. We're no, talking about our own experiences. Yeah. But yeah. everyone do your own research. That is so, so, so important. Always do your own research and never just listen to like me or Matt or Warren Buffett. But you know who you should listen to? I think it's Nancy Pelosi. Do you know? Do you know about Nancy Pelosi? What do you mean? Yeah, she's been like, like the House Speaker. Of course, I know who she is. Do you like she's killing it in the stock market game? Yeah, because she's I don't getting think all it's the legal. insider. I don't think it's legal. It's legal because she then tells it publicly what she's doing, so people can follow her. I follow a couple of TikTok accounts where they're just following what she's been doing, and they're like, "I'm still making money, even though I'm a month behind her," because she's. I don't know how That's this hilarious. is legal. Like, I don't think this they is legal. All talk. I. I gonna go ahead and say that i don't think what she's doing is probably legal but i don't know morally illegal lawfully legal because she hasn't gotten prosecuted for it just morally i don't know if that's a good way to live (laughs) your life it's legal if you haven't been prosecuted for something no i mean like she just can't get prosecuted for it because I think technically it's her husband and not her. Maybe she's allowed to talk about like what's being approved or voted against or voted for. And then he takes that information. If like, oh, the FDA, FDA is going to shorten the scientific research period for a drug by like six months. He's like, oh, well, maybe all these like pharmacies will go up. So maybe that's how he's doing it. Right. He's not actually getting like, oh, Moderna is going to go up in price because this is this and this. Maybe she's being very vague in a way like. Wink, wink, hint, hint. Maybe. Yeah. But you if know you what? If you told me that on episode one, we'd be sitting here talking about Nancy fucking Pelosi, <laughs> I'd be like, uh, let's wrap it up. Like, let's just. Should we wrap it up then? <laughs> no. I mean. Should we get into how we met and everything? 
Or should we save that for another episode? I think we should save that for another episode. Okay. I think we should maybe talk a little bit more about why we started this podcast. We kind of touched on it, but I think yes. that it's pretty multi-layered. And, uh, How about you start? Okay, well, I could say, first off, number one, I love podcasts. I listen to long-form content all the time. I think it's the best way to have productive conversation. Um, and I'm just so excited to like sit down and like, I love making content. So I, I'm excited to just sit down, make content every week, talk to really cool guests and people because we do know some pretty cool people, whether it be business, you know, founders of, of different startups, you know, like other influencers, creatives, people like anyone who has a unique story or is doing yeah. something cool in the world, like to have a platform and platform and sit down with them is something I'm super excited for. And if you are someone that is doing something really cool in your world or your career please reach out to us and i'd love to have you as a guest like it would be cool if we had a therapist on like as a guest or if we had like a firefighter or a cop or like someone who works for the garbage you know waste management company like those are such cool things and i want to learn more about all that shit yeah it's gonna be like a you know confessions of a lawyer <laughs> confessions of a waste Conf management <laughs> confessions of a garbage man that's hilarious. yeah i bet they see the craziest shit I bet you they do. Yeah, I'm sure. Maybe some bodies in there. Maybe, you know, who knows? They probably find live cats, too. You know, I was actually driving behind a, a, a garbage truck yeah. yesterday, and I guess I didn't realize what? how they actually pick up the garbage cans. How? They have, like, a little thing that comes out, and it... Like a little lever? Yeah, and it picks it up for them, and they do it, and they just keep moving. Like, when I was growing up, I think, like, the garbage cans, they had to, like, come out, and they had to, like, put it on a thing, oh. and then that thing would then, like, lunge it back into where they were collecting the trash. But this thing was almost like, it almost looked like a fork lift, mm -hmm. sort of, like, giant scissor hand that would just, like, a giant claw, and it would just go, ching, ching, and I was like, wait, this is how they do it the I whole time? Like, nobody touches it? They just... No, I think it's based on like your municipality or like where your city is from because I've seen like YouTube videos where like they actually like there's a guy holding onto the back of the truck, right? And just like stops, picks it up and then climbs back onto the back of the truck. And then I've also seen the lever guys where they have like a little forklift. But anyways, getting back to why we started this and at least why I wanted to yeah. start this, you know, again, this is something we talked about years ago and I do think one of the big things that was driving me to want to start this podcast is having the ability to bring on people to also talk about NFTs or Web3. Yeah. You know, I think that that was like a big thing for me because we are so fascinated in it. Mm -hmm. And I think that there's such a hard barrier to entry for people there to get is. into the space. It's like you're either listening to people who are maybe they're like crypto nerds or like they're like super heavy on one side, but it doesn't seem like there's as much. There's as many conversations that are with people that are maybe somewhere in the middle. They have success in doing other things in the world, but mm -hmm. they're also fascinated and curious about new technologies. I think it's so fascinating to have conversations with people like that about NFTs and Web3. Yeah. So that's something I always wanted to do. Like since talking about it, I thought it was such a value add to not only create a podcast that touches on those things and maybe brings in guests about that kind of stuff, but if it's all under this rotten brand. You know, yeah. like to me, that is so cool because if you guys don't know, and some of you do, we started an NFT project yes. um, called Runaways of the Neverworld. It's a it's acronym is Rotten. Rotten. And uh, it's something we're super excited about. We've been putting so much work into and more than anything, 
it's really a brand. It's a media brand. This is one this is one extension of it. Yeah. The NFT is another extension and it's going to continue to carry on. And so I think it's so cool to be able to build a brand and sit down and have a long form um long form content and conversation and also be able to tie it into our NFT project. No, I agree. It is so difficult to understand and learn why NFTs and Web3 are so important for the world because everyone who talks to you about it talks to you about it in such a high level in the sense where you're like, okay, what the hell does GM, WAGME, all these things mean? They're not talking right. to you at, in a very basic level and the smartest people in the world can talk about a subject in the most basic level where everyone can understand it. And I think that's kind of our strong suit because both of us were just regular people and now we are understanding what all these terms and why NFTs are so important. And unfortunately, most people mm-hmm. can't fucking do that. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of good things about NFTs. There's a lot of bad things. Yes. But overall, I think you and I are both on the same page that the blockchain technology and Web3 is definitely the future. And we'll definitely be talking way more about that, bringing in people who are doing really innovative, cool stuff. Yes. Um, at the end of the day, NFTs are really just solving and solving inefficiencies mm-hmm. and making things way more effective That's why NFTs are so important. If you think about it, I actually have a personal story that I can easily share where this entire problem would have been mitigated if NFTs were involved. So I surprised Matt with Rust concert tickets because it's one of Matt's favorite independent artists, if not his favorite. Who ended up sliding in your DMs (laughs) after we went to the show together. He did. That's funny. How did you feel about that, by the way? I mean, like, he doesn't know me personally, so why would he care, you yeah. know? So it wasn't, like, a personal thing. It was more just, like... Well, he, I don't think he... I mean, he definitely saw... it. Like, he saw your stories, right? And, like, I was in the stories, so whatever. It's all good. It made me be like, yeah, haha, Russ, like, yeah, you can try. And you're and I have so much respect for him, but one thing <laughs> he can't have is you. <laughs> and so... Sorry. Well, um, I have a question. Who was your celebrity crush and... Who would you want your hall pass to be? Wow. I think it's definitely changed. I have to think about that right now. Um, I know who I would want you to not say no to. Like, I have a hall pass for yeah, you. Is that weird? No. Madison Beer. If Madison Beer was to slide into your DMs and you were to fuck her, I'd be like, fuck yeah. Like, That's fuck yeah. <laughs> or Megan Fox. To me, they feel like the typical hot. I think also what drew me to you was that you you have such a different like background than me. Yeah. You know? You are the first white boy I dated. First full white boy I dated. Full white boy. What does that mean? You're fucking full white. So you haven't dated another... Didn't you date a dude that was German? Yeah, he was half German and half Asian. Oh. He's a military Well, guy. guess what? I have, I have some German in my blood. So you are. You have You're some a weird thing mutt. going. I am very You're much Italian. so wash, a mutt. Irish, what else? Italian, Irish, Russian, German, and Russian. Yeah. Mainly, Our babies are going to be so muddy. I know. They're going to be Chinese, Viet. Russian. Russian, Italian. Italian, Irish. Should we just stick to like two things for them on your white side? Like wh- yeah. where do you um, I would say relate Italian, to most? I would say Italian mm-hmm. and Irish. Yeah. my grand- Because I grew up Catholic. So... Classic Chicago, Irish, Catholic. Like, I got confirmed. I got baptized. Yeah. I did all that. So, 
I yeah. definitely relate a little bit more to to. I'm Seventh Day Adventist. And I used to go to church every freaking Saturday. And what we're famous for is going to church on Saturdays. We're also vegetarian. And um, we predicted the world was going to end. In how'd, that, how'd that go? I think we're all living in a simulation now because the world ended in, apparently in my religion. But they got embarrassed, so then they changed their name. But like oh, that's what we were oh, originally... Okay. We weren't originally called Seventh-day Adventists, I don't believe. But that's where we stemmed from is this religion that like thought the world was going to end and never ended. And then they kind of like changed their name. What does that say about a religion that ended up just being wrong? And maybe it's the beginning of the end. I don't know. That's one way to look at it. Yeah, I mean, do I believe in everything that my religion preaches or practices? No, and I don't think you do either. Yeah, I'm gonna figure out how I feel about talking about this stuff because I have very strong beliefs about religion. It's an open space. We're talking about taboo subjects. It's called rock. I think that it's wild for any religion or group of people to claim that they know how and why. Mm-hmm. Because if they did know how and why, in my opinion, there would be a lot of answers we would have that we don't have, that human beings aren't capable of figuring out. And maybe one day we will. But there's so many questions that we can't solve. Like how, where did consciousness come from? You know, how, how do we even get started. here? Yeah. There's fossils. You know, there's dinosaurs. Like, like there's things that to me don't necessarily add up. Oh, 100%. So many things in the Bible don't add up. But I do believe in like growing up where you kind of have like these rules to abide by. Like, don't lie. But unfortunately, a lot of people who are heavily religious use that as a backbone to kind of be condescending or look down on people that don't practice the same things they do, right? For me, I've believed in same-sex marriage ever since I've ever been alive. I remember when I was like eight years old, I like was like always questioning why can't we support same-sex marriage? But we're practicing and preaching about love and forgiveness and like well, everyone So is- that to me was the biggest thing. You know, like I said, I had to go to CCD, which is pretty much like Catholic school mm-hmm. once a week growing up until I was confirmed. And uh, my mom always tells this story, but I made the teacher cry one time. I, I don't even know. I think I was like eight or something like that because I got you all the kids. teacher cry at eight I years guess old. so. It's, it's, one my, it's a story my mom always tells because I had the whole class on my side questioning the teacher because I had just learned about Darwin's theory apparently <laughs> in school and was like, challenging her about how Catholicism makes sense in these ways if I'm learning about science in school. So it was very conflicting, you know, growing up in in being told literally two different theories. Mm -hmm. I do think that it it just comes down to like, is it a net positive or is it a net negative? And I do think in the world, it's a net positive to instill beliefs and to follow something and to have purpose. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, I believe that life is all about purpose and if religion gives you purpose, then that's a beautiful thing. Yeah. No matter what it is, as long as you're not harming anyone, as long as you're not putting anyone down, as long as it's providing something positive for you and makes yeah. you a better person and gives you purpose, then all the power to you. Yeah. My grandma's like, I think, 80 years old and she still goes to church by herself every Saturday. It's so cute. Episode one. And here we are talking <laughs> about Nancy Pelosi, garbage men and religion. And religion. I never finished my story about the Russ concert. 
<laughs> we are going on tangents, but it's kind of fun. It's kind of fun. It's fun. I just wonder, as a listener, you're like, these people are all over the place. What's going on? But we maybe are, we'll get better at we'll this. We'll keep bringing time. it back. We keep bringing it back. So, I took yes. the reason why NFTs and blockchain technology is so important, at least for me. I saw a big help in the space of, you know, like you never want to buy a concert ticket from a scalper because you don't know for sure if it's a real ticket or not. But if you had an NFT, there is a proof of authentication, you know, where you can only buy it from verified collections, right? So I bought these Rust tickets off of StubHub. I've never had issues with StubHub before, and this was the first time I've ever had an issue with them, where I always thought StubHub was the sellers of the tickets, but they're not necessarily majority of the tickets they purchased themselves StubHub did but there is a small portion of these tickets where like uh, a, a normal person like you or I are just putting their tickets back up for sale so for this particular ticket for the rest concerts I bought two they were not cheap at all I got us good seats and the guy never sent it to me like I thought it was an automatic process. No, this guy had to email me the tickets and I was like, what? And he had told StubHub he did. And I called them multiple times. I was like, this guy never sent me these tickets. They're like, are you sure? Double check. Go to livenation.com. I'm like, How, what does Live Nation have to do with StubHub.com? They're like, maybe he sent it to your Live Nation account. Like, is your email associated with Live Nation? I was like, it's fucking not. But I do it anyways. I'm like, these tickets aren't here. I went through hoops to get these tickets. I called them three times. Finally, on the third time, they're like, okay, we'll just give you credit so you can buy new tickets. Also, a part of this you're missing is you waited to get the tickets to the day of the concert. You didn't get them. So this is all happening on the day of the event. Yeah. Yeah. For me, if this was a fucking NFT, the buyer and the seller, they would have made that exchange happen in seconds. There would be nobody worrying if the money I was giving him was counterfeit. And there would be no worrying if the tickets were either going to show up or not, or if the tickets were fake tickets or not. And so that is what comes with NFT, a proof of authentication, which is so beneficial for two anonymous people to sell and trade amongst one another without a third party, without a mechanical mechanism, without uh, a legal system involved. It's so cool and that's what <laughs> nfts are so purposeful for yeah and i think we have a very long way to go you know people like having that verified ownership of an asset it's a digital asset it's a it's an art you know yeah. it's a it's a monkey you know that's what everyone sees is it's like right click save jpeg yeah no i see nfts as that community i saw on youtube and i know it's going to get bigger because i saw it happening in youtube and i see the same things happening within the nft community and matt and i are pretty hardcore into the community and i'm gonna tell you i've met so many friends and i never thought i would make new friends i literally was like i'm 29 i'm done making new friends and i'm still making new friends left and right because of nfts so it's a it's a wild wild west out there but it's so exciting and i think this is important to get into why we even started an nft project together as we were collecting and in, in learning more about the NFT process, it's crazy to think about, number one, how far we've come from when we started collecting mm -hmm. NFTs, which is back in August of last year. When we got into the space, it was so hard to, number one, 
learn about how it actually works. And then number two, we lost so much money being scammed by people. And that is why we wanted to start a project because we believe in the technology. Well, I'm glad you actually said that because I think for me, it is so, so, so important that people get educated on Web3. And for me, I was sick and tired of people saying, oh, it's a barrier to entry. Oh, like all of us got scammed on our first project. Oh, it is a learning experience that's going to teach you the future. And I was like, Web3 is not going to be widely accepted by web two if people are still getting scammed and if people are not doing their research and if people are still in that FOMO mentality where they're just buying things left and right hoping it goes to the moon and I was like we need to start a proper project a project where not only are the founders completely doxxed we actually are going to be under promising and over delivering it is so important we do things right and for me i'm putting my name on this you're putting your name on this andrew's putting his name on this and we have a reputation to uphold so i'm super excited about this nft project because i know we're doing everything right and for those of you guys who still think nfts are a scam it's hard to say that nowadays when you see Nike getting involved, Adidas getting involved, Tiffany and company getting involved, Gucci, all these high end luxury brands are getting involved. All these fortune 500 companies are getting involved. So for you to say it is a scam, that is you being almost like a grandma. Take the time to understand the technology. Well, I think that that is the punchline is that there are, it's hard to say that NFT projects aren't a scam. Like that's one of the big reasons but we wanted really to start a project. People. I don't think a lot of them are a scam. I think there are scams that happen that get a lot of attention. Yeah, hundred percent. And I think the reason we wanted to start one is we want to provide a very high quality project. If everyone just thinks about NFTs as a way of making money, then it's never going to be widely adopted, but it should be a way of not only only potentially making money but also getting involved in this technology that is so brand new and you can make friends left and right and there's a community aspect of it and people are doing really cool things with their nfts in real life as well it's not all just online stuff no i agree with you and even on the music side like i am so interested in where the technology of nfts and blockchain ties into music i think that there's so many inefficiencies with being paid with collaborations you know what I'm saying? Like on the back end, there's so many inefficiencies that I think and I know that blockchain technology will solve. So I'm Do you want to explain the inefficiencies a little bit as an example as to why it would be cool to have music as NFTs? Yeah, I think, you know, in general, like collaborating with people and the amount of splits and the amount of people that are involved in making a record and getting paid out for that. Mm -hmm. There's so many inefficiencies in the contract, in the way that people are actually being paid out in the back end. It's actually not a, it's not a simple thing. You know, there's, there's a lot that goes into that. And I think that one problem blockchain technology can solve is paying people directly that are a part of the ownership of a, a piece of work. Mm -hmm. So that's one little thing that I think is going to solve so many so many inefficiencies within music is the back end paying different people that are involved on projects. So are you saying like there's a composer involved, then there's the artist and there's like the artist on the chorus and then there's the person who wrote the song. Are you saying with blockchain, it would help mitigate all the like third party aspects of getting paid and you Absolutely. get paid in a timely manner. Absolutely. It's crazy that we're living in 2022 and you can't fucking get paid in a timely manner. I mean, manner. I don't know. I think one of the biggest value adds for NFTs is for brands to understand who, who are their consumers. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Cause like, if you think about Starbucks, for example, who just 
is releasing a royal, uh, a loyalty program with NFTs, they're going to be able to utilize that technology to to understand more about their consumers. Well, also there's the idea of soul tokens as well. Vitalik, who is the founder of Ethereum, which is the main currency used f- to buy NFTs and to trade them, he is releasing something called the soul token. And a soul token is an NFT that cannot be traded. It's permanently in your wallet for like schools like UCLA to be like, yeah, I gave Matt or Tiffany a law degree and they genuinely went to our school. And there's a verification process because right now there is a lot of ways to pretend you went to UCLA. Actually, one of my sister's ex-boyfriends did that. And I called him. I didn't call I remember him out, you telling me but this, I was yeah. like, there's no fucking way you went to UCLA because you don't even know one of the buildings. And I was just like. Do people actually, I didn't know people actually went around lying to people about big things like this, like little white lies, sure. Um, exaggeration, sure. But like you said you went to UCLA and you're talking to me who went to UCLA and I can easily tell you didn't go to UCLA. Why are you Crazy. still lying about it? Um, but like if I was like, oh yeah, let me see your NFT at UCLA, your UCLA NFT. He'd be like, fuck, right? And so like- so I don't know if that's a good thing. It's a good thing no, 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 as, as long know. as you're an honest person. For sure. Yeah. No, definitely. But even think about your car title. Like, why is that a piece of paper that you, like, have to, like, like sign over? Yeah. Yeah. Like, why is that not, like, a document, like, that you, like, transfer over to someone when you sell it? Why do right? I have to go to the DMV and pay my registration every year when I can just, like, maybe, like, do, use it as an NFT? Why, are, why do we have to do anything? <laughs> NFTs solve the world. Yes. No. Yes. But one last thing that I think is interesting, and Andrew was talking about this, is, like, your medical history. Yeah. And maybe we should move away from saying like NFTs, but like utilizing blockchain technology. Yeah. There should be one centralized place where all of your medical history exists. Like I don't have the paperwork and stuff from when I was having physicals when I was like two and four. But don't you think that would be oh my so. God, you're right. Don't you think that would be so beneficial to see like what your blood work was then your or like your vaccinations like right now I, it's like it, it feels so wild that we don't know those things like i can't literally look and see like hey i've had these vaccines hey this is how much i weighed at this point like i wish that i had all of that stuff like i'm sure maybe yeah. my mom has the document saved somewhere but again why are they pieces of paper like why is it not one spot that you get that gets transferred over or that your doctor opens up the file and adds things to that you have records for forever like, isn't that crazy? That is crazy. It would solve so many inefficiencies, especially in an emergency setting. Imagine if Ooh, like, instead yeah. of having a test, if this guy has AB negative blood or B plus B positive, they can just open their NFT being like, oh, this guy is a B negative or B positive or whatever it's fucking called right away during an emergency being like, oh my God, this guy's HIV positive. We need to make sure we're wearing gloves in this emergency setting. Right. Or, um, he has lung cancer, so he he's susceptible to everything. So we have to make sure like he's like, really well protected in this emergency setting. So I think that's actually such a cool idea. And we'll I mean, ha- think about it. Like we just went through the process of getting a puppy. It would be really great to know about the parents of this dog because by looking at the parents, you're able to actually see maybe you'll have a stronger indication of how the dog will turn out. Mm-hmm. But think about that for humans. Imagine if your kids had a record of you. And the thing is, only only that person can access it. So it's not like, oh, like this is going to be public knowledge where everyone can like see it, right? Yeah, I guess it. I'm overall saying like, regardless of the specifics, I'm sure there's ways to make it so people can't view it and only yeah. there's certain access points, right? But like, I, th- I think it's super fascinating to think of like 
having a centralized place where your files are stored, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. That have to be verified to a degree. Yeah. NFTs for president. NFTs will save you from having to get up in the morning and NFTs will save you from a paper cut. <laughs> I don't know about that. It's all on your phone. Nothing's a paper anymore. No paper cuts. True. No more paper cuts. You Re- like paper really? Cuts? You think that paper cuts are the worst thing in the yeah, world? Yeah, it stings. It like I it, feel like, like I'm gonna go out and make a hot take and say that I think people are like have overhyped the pain of a paper cut. Paper cuts, yeah, they suck. But just thinking about it makes my toes curl. I don't know how you are okay with paper cuts. It's not like I'm welcoming pain, right? But like paper cuts, all right. If someone punched you in the tummy or gave you a paper cut, which one would you choose? Would I want to be hit in the balls or get a paper cut? No, like, hit in the stomach. But people don't go around saying like, oh, getting hit in the balls sucks so much. Like, oh, I'm afraid of a paper cut. Like, People do say getting hit in the balls Well, obviously sucks so it much. sucks, but I'm just saying like paper cuts are not a huge deal. I heard that cramps during periods are worse than getting kicked in the balls. But ours lasts for an entire week. How long does a fucking getting kicked in the ball last for? An hour? 30 minutes? 10 i've seen boxers get hit in the balls and they still box 10 seconds later your pain levels are so low you used to say oh my pain tolerance is so high and you are so (laughs) full of shit because you are so sensitive oh like anything yeah a random like nudge here and there just annoying it doesn't actually hurt her it's just like ow like what are you doing but try getting cramps i'm gonna stick the cramp machine next episode we're sticking the cramp machine on your stomach to see how well you tolerate this pain of a cramp. I mean, there's no denying of what women have to go through versus men. I mean, that's just facts. I was even thinking about that today. You're like getting ready for the podcast. You're like doing these things. You're doing your makeup. You're da da da. I'm like, let me throw on a shirt and some pants and I'm ready. Yeah. Like I get my hair cut, you know, and I like shave. But aside from that, like, yeah. let's, let's get it. Well, with that being said, I think this is a perfect time to end today's episode of the first episode of rotten podcast i think we did a great job for the first episode we did good we did good i hope (laughs) but i would love to hear from people in the comments about you know things they enjoyed or things that we should talk about on next episode because if we get a hundred likes on this episode which we'll of course get i will stick the cramp machine on your stomach and have you witness the pain of a cramp while we Film the next episode of the podcast. You down? I have no words for what that you down? What you just did there. Are you down? No. Why would I? How want many that? likes for you to be down? Why would I want anyone to do that to me? So how many likes? Four. You're asking me a terrible question. I don't want that to happen. So why would I want likes? How I many likes this. for you to do this? A thousand. Okay. That's doable. That's doable. If we get a thousand likes on this video, what's happening? I get to stick the cramp machine on your stomach while we film the next episode. (laughs) I'm so excited. I'm so excited for this. I'm not going to let you say no to this. So we're going to, we're going to say goodbye. So thank you everyone to listening to the first episode. Make sure to follow, subscribe, rate wherever you can. Let's do it. Let's go. And thank you guys for bearing with us. This is all new. I'm sure we will definitely have things buttoned down a little bit more moving forward. And we're going to be doing this for a long time. So let's go. Bye, everyone. Bye, guys.